0: Nation, Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Colonial, right? What's it called now? The Schwab Colonial Schwab Challenge, Kenny. There we go. Whatever the hell it's called. I know it's in Texas. I know it's at Colonial Country Cup. That's all you need to know. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambeline, fresh off uh, another six-figure win last week in a, the round one showdown GPP taking out $125,000, Mr. Tyler
1: Tambeline. How are you this week? I'm doing well, Kenny. I appreciate the nice intro and good gesture. And I love that you said, like, that's all you need to know when later in this very podcast, you'll have a complete breakdown in detail of the course. So it's one that we've seen before, of course, but I love that. Yeah, good weekend, man. It was was round two showdown on Friday. Cam Young, my boy for life. Cameron Young came through. I needed him to get the bogey-free round. It was like an 85K swing going into that putt. And, and he missed the green. So there was already that stress. And certain apps said he was in the bunker. And I was like, oh, God, he's just got to get this thing. And those bunkers have been playing tough. I was, but then I go and see it on the broadcast that the app had it wrong. He was actually in the thick rough, which was still worrisome. Sure enough, he puts it to four feet, five feet, ends up tapping it in from there. Felt very happy with that. Very grateful. Another big win. So, yeah, it's been a, a good year so far in PGA. Hopefully we yeah. can keep it rolling. The main slate wasn't bad. I uh, made money. It just didn't convert completely. I cashed my mega. I had a good week all around lots of good stuff but the main thing about that because we're on mayo media network you guys haven't you know hit the like button for us we're gonna have a contest we finally got it laid out we'll get to it here in a little bit but uh we did the show kenny the round two show is free over on the mayo media network talked all about it everyone talked all week about the weather edge i don't care what you think now the weather edge definitely worked on friday for me i played just p.m guys we talked about it on the show came through in the clutch at the end it was definitely a, a solid start to the weekend great week overall yeah, I mean, uh, I, going into the back nine, I
0: had two lineups inside the top 50 in two different large GPPs, the $5 drive the green and the dollar short game. And I always back up the dollar short game with, uh, with a 50-cent entry too. So it's the same lineups, get dollar fifty in there. Uh, but they, they both finished outside the top 100, of course, uh, because I my final decision uh, Wednesday night was Justin Thomas or Scotty Scheffler. Guess where I went, guys? (laughs) I went Mr. Scotty Scheffler as my second highest own. If I had switched that, uh, it would have been like I wanted GBPs, uh, but it would have been a big week uh, in GBPs. I lost in cash. That sucked. Um, One and done. Jumped up inside the top 50. uh, (laughs) What did you have again? I had Justin Thomas. I had Justin Thomas in my one and done. Uh, That was sort of a hedge uh, since I wasn't playing him in DFS. So that worked out. Uh, And also, I bet. I bet like twenty bucks on JT when he was like thirteen to one, uh, with like three, four holes left or something on the back, just so I can like you know feel something. You know what I'm saying? You know, like going into the back. And luckily he won. I still lost money because I bet a lot, of uh, so I won what like two, two eighty uh, off that bet, uh, and I bet like three hundred dollars. So I still lost twenty bucks uh, uh, in the gambling group, But uh, you know, overall really fun tournament to watch at the end, especially like, you know, coming down to it. Of course, we'll talk about the Mito, uh, you know, breakdown at the end. Uh, Zal Torres impressed me. Um, like on 17 and 18, those were two putts he had to make with all the pressure in the world on his shoulders from eight feet. Both putts were eight really? feet. He made both of them. Made both of them. Made that one, order, you know, to to, to get keeping five under and then hope me to bogeys. And then I don't know. You want to talk about the Mito situation? I mean, man, that was just heartbreaking, right?
1: It definitely was. We'll, we'll go there in one second. Let's stick to Willie Z for a second because I've obviously dogged the guy. I will say this, and I said it on the Mayo show I recorded earlier that I think will come out after ours. So it is what it is. But uh, just in general. I don't want to say like won me over more because I talk a lot of shit about the guy, but you know, we've had this conversation. Don't need to rehash it. It's because usually people are betting him at like 20 to one. Now people got him at 50 at this major and I had no problem with that. I said like, that's fine. But I mean, for me, it was it wasn't for me, but I'm just saying he definitely proved it. Uh, don't forget about the hole where he had the penalty and then had to get it out of that little crevice. Yeah, yeah, that chip, on the yeah, cart that path, was, oh, yeah, I was sick, dude. Which I'm not a golf rules guy, but I, like, I don't understand when you're already taking the one, like, so if you're on the cart path, you get free relief. But if you're on a one-stroke pen, he's already taking his penalty. Why doesn't he still get to then he, drop he, it he in he behind could've. that? He oh, could have. He could have. Okay. He could have dropped behind it. But the problem was the bush. He would have no shot.
0: So right. he had to keep it on the card path. My guess is the only way he could place it on the card path without the ball moving, because it was on a hill, would be yeah. put it in, in the slot. I don't know exactly the exact situation, Either why way. it was in that crevice. That would be the reasoning why I think that that ball would be he, I think, because I mean I, I, I'm sure he had to have dropped the ball twice there. It didn't show the whole thing. Mm-hmm. When he dropped the ball twice, I'm sure it bounced forward. So he got to place it. I'm almost hundred percent sure because he had to drop it on the card path, right? It's the and only so, way
1: you just you just said it. We it didn't show up, but I'm guessing, yeah. like you said, that he had to have placed it. It's the only way he can place it that it'll stay. So of That'll, course that makes yeah. sense. But imagine hitting that shot saving uh bo- i'll say saving it, it was a bogey that definitely could have been a double or worse mm-hmm. based on how it shook out the two putts down the stretch the absolute emotion that he showed on 18 so i don't know if you'll call it became a fan like it just respected it a little bit more finally show me something and then right. you know in the playoff i felt I made a joke about it. Obviously it's not science or math. I just said, you know, uh, Luke list beat Willie Z in a playoff JT back at the Honda beat Luke list, trying to get his first win in a playoff. So clearly that meant JT was going to win. Now, uh, uh, Here's the thing at the end of the tournament, JT looked like a man amongst boys. Correct. Right. I mean, like everybody else
0: was just melting away and you saw JT. I mean, the thing about it is, I mean, he was like, he was there, but he wasn't, you know, at one point, I think he was one Me, it was eight under or nine under. Uh, you know, and, you know, early in the round, he started gradually going up in the back nine. You saw his name on the bottom of the first page of the leaderboard, like three under, and then he came through with the birdie on 13 to get the four. And then he had the, uh, the, uh, the birdie on 17, which was pretty sick. Uh, uh, You know, and then, you know, he had the birdie pot on 18. He he almost could have won uh, Mm -hmm. in regulation because he had an amazing drive and an amazing approach. Uh, It didn't. And then once it was going to a playoff, it was, it, it would be very difficult for me to believe that he, he wasn't going to take it down, especially the way everybody else was playing around him. Other than, you know, Willie Z a little bit uh, with those putts at the end. I mean, those two were the only ones that were coming up clutch at all uh, at the end yeah. of, uh, at the end of the round.
1: And, and you said like, looked like a man amongst boys. I think that's the difference. People could say what they want. I know that the, the Padraig Harrington experience conversation versus innocence. I saw that tweet out there and quotes and stuff, but at the end of the day, experience matters. He was, the man amongst boys. I don't care. And from an experience level, look how look how good these young guys are. Of course, Willie Z, Mito, Cam Young, a stud. Not just because he won me money, but after that, like Rory was already done. You knew where he sat, so he didn't get into the mix. He could have, but the board was just nobody up there. So Willie's. I mean, JT's just loving what he's seeing coming down the stretch. I mean, he was. I remember he was shown on the range. Asked Colt, "Nost, Colt, you got a monitor over there? Like, he's just let me see this." And then it's Willie Z for eight feet he has to think like, and like, well, Mito's up next where that could still mean like, obviously Mito could blow it, go in the water. It could happen. And it did. We'll go there in two seconds. But, but to my point um, that's the only reason it even ended up going to a playoff. So I love that about Willie Z uh, we'll talk playoff too. in just one second, you guys, you guys know the timestamps are here. We're talking about it. This was a major, absolutely love it. But w- what I will say is he didn't, Willie Z didn't choke nothing away. I'm, I just mean, it, it definitely matters that he didn't come through on Saturday. He made some mistakes, things like, like Saturday was definitely a bad round for him. And it just is what it is, but down the stretch and what he needed to do on Sunday, minus the playoff, excellent job by Willie Z. Love to see it. And just, it, it made me just think a little bit more, a little bit higher of him. I, I don't know if I still love those 25 to one type numbers that we see or 30 to one type That's numbers. What but... You're going to get that in every non-major. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just saying- Every non-major
0: that and unless the field's elite, He's going to be 20, 25 to one.
1: Yeah, every regardless. Week. And that's bad. I don't care what people say. Someone like, uh, uh, no laying up was talking last night about this guy's the best player not to win a major now, like talk about recency bias. I'll call him right out. I don't care. It's like that's ridiculous. There's so many other players out there that they've actually closed out events and won on tour. Won FedEx Cup champion, like Cantley just last year. And I'm not a Cantley stan. I'm not sticking up for him. I'm just saying the guy has done a lot more and not won a major. So that's to each their own. I don't think Willie Z is the best not to win a major. I think he's very good. He's going to win. I uh, think he- current game, he might be the best currently like form wise. I think it's recency bias still, but we can move on. I will say this though, the playoff. So thank, thank I will thank Willie Z for this, for making that eight footer, which ended up leading to a playoff. And then we'll get to Mito because I love the playoff. I actually forgot that it was aggregate but it's talk great about that the way. way it was the set up, the three holes were perfect. The three holes they picked were the absolute nut. Like I, I couldn't uh, asked for more. The way it was set up, it was especially for an aggregate style. Yeah. I know that's not for everybody. People prefer the the sudden death and the way that it breaks out because how much pressure is there. But the way this setup was fair, like on, even on the first hole that they played, like JT gets it up there or, or Willie Z gets it up there, thirty five feet for eagle. Yeah. JT places it up to say, "Let me have my shot that I mm-hmm. want." plants it to like what two three feet and it's like yep. go ahead Willie you make this eagle I'll shake your hand we'll move on and then on to JT's the next drive on 17 oh, one, of that was incredible. one of the greatest shots, in, yeah
0: you know like when you talk about majors and when you talk about like the final hole or playoffs one of the better shots you'll see uh you know when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of an event of a major event going down to the last holes that drive was I, I mean I, I can't really say too much about it the 290 yards plays a cut Lands it softly. Roll lands in the only place you can land it, the- where it's going to stay on the green. Uh, I mean, unbelievable shot by Justin Thomas, and he really was a man amongst boys uh, when he did that 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 club twirl on seventeen. Uh, when he first <laughs> uh, before the playoff, I was like, oh man, this could be over. He might win without having to go to a playoff. Almost uh, is did. what I thought. Yeah, uh, if Willie didn't make that one, but. The, the oh, shots
1: was... in the bag he has though, we'll stay on him because we'll save Mito for last, but the shots he has in the bag, Kyle Porter tweeted earlier, said, by the way, these were all on Sunday with the Traj and you could see it, how it was out there. Like he has every shot in the bag. And I mean, that would be my segue to talk about JT for two seconds here. Cause obviously he's the winner of the tournament. And then we'll talk about the, the M and Mito stands for meltdown or does it, or does it stand for Molinari? Some people told me today, we'll go there in a second, but JT um, the first thing bones on the bag. Thought that's a you know, just think about that story. We talked earlier uh, this year about Scotty Scheffler with Ted Scott on the bag. Now you got the situation with JT with bones on the bag, gets that job done. Uh, Tiger being like one of his best friends now, his dad being his coach. And you just talk about like just in general, not just for golf, but for if you play daily fantasy, anything like you guys are listening to here, you know, betting, if you can surround yourself with good people. And put yourself in the spot that when you're, you know, so far obsessed or into something passionate about it, or have to play it at a high level, like these guys do, uh, it's the key, right? And that's why sometimes you hear the the pros talk about like the team that guy has around him is so good. He almost can't fail. And, And you see that so much, obviously you get more luxuries and more affordability of those luxuries, the better you play and the more you win and the more talent you have, the more people want to associate themselves with you. And I think that's in all things in life, but it is so key. And I think that that's a big secret to JT success. So what do you think of that? First of all, talk more about it. And then what do you see for JT beyond this? Like how many, how many more majors do you think he gets? Cause some are saying, ah, two PGA championships, it's still two majors. Can't yeah. discount it, but they'll say like, where's the other ones at? You it's know, just weird that he down?
0: hasn't won more. Yeah. Like when you look at the game that he had, I mean, it, you know, especially the way he plays and how he's been playing for this year, other than the putting, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's weird that he doesn't have more. It's And, and you think he has 15 wins in his career it's a lot that's a lot of wins you know what i'm saying uh, but i feel like the way his game is he, he he could have more out there if his putter was just a little bit better you know uh and and he's still young he has plenty of time to win six eight ten majors if he wants if his game keeps up the way it is i mean the guy has that much talent uh there's no doubt about that
1: do you think he passes rory in majors it's tough right now because what is it four two but you know what what do you think of that situation just like i said the setup could not be better he is younger he's got bones is very happy to be on that you bag know. i mean he talked em- well, i mean
0: like you said about that it's important he have bones on the bag you have ted scott on Scheffler's bag i mean it's an important it's an important part definitely we all matters at that level. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: They, they said if it like look you can argue it all you want i don't care that much my point is more they do say it though that, like if anybody could save you a, a stroke or two Around anywhere. They talk about it normally at Augusta National Golf Club, but just at any major, it's one, it's one of these experienced caddies that have been there, mm-hmm. done that, know how to close things out, have seen it all, and they're as invested into this game as their player is. It's just they don't play. That's yeah, not well, what they I mean, do, right? Shit, now. They want
0: their 10%, huh? You know what I'm saying? Of course they want that too. I mean, that, that's
1: a big payday for Bones yesterday coming out of the boot well off the course, I guess you if you will. But he even said, like, hopefully someday down the road they'll have a spot for me. And of course they will. But right now, this is the reason he came back, is to play with JT. I see a lot more out of JT, as most will that, that have watched it. I'm just saying, I don't really care that it's only PGA championships. I think his game translates to any course, any time. I do think he passes Rory with majors. It's just how long will it take? Yeah, but here's the thing this PGA, the PGA championship
0: lately hasn't been like the PGA championship of old. It's been tough. It uh, was. I know, I know technically it's like the easiest major, uh, but I mean, you know, what was the winning score this past week? Six under? You know, I mean, it's not like he's out there in birdie fest, you know, going out and winning the PGA. I I forget what he won at Quail Hollow, but I figure it wasn't that easy uh, out there. So, yeah, the player's champion. I mean, he's got he's like, it's the resume is fine. Yeah, he's going to be fine. He's going to win more majors. He's going to try and get the grand slam. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I I know he. the, the, the funny thing is prior to this win, I don't think he had a top five in a
1: major since his win. Um, That was in front of me, but that is interesting.
0: I think I'm pretty sure about this. Uh, Not 100%. You can go check uh, online, but I'm pretty sure I I read this somewhere um, and he doesn't have a uh, top five, you know, prior. And that's one of the reasons sort of why I went with Scotty over him. They're both in the poor wave. Uh, Scott has just been playing out of his mind. So I don't think necessarily the Scotty Sheffield play was a bad call on my part over Justin Thomas. Now in hindsight, it was horrible, uh, but you know, uh, it, it, it's just what happens. Um, but yeah, kudos to JT. I uh, expect more coming from him. I don't doubt I, I'm rostering him this week. Uh, when he gets hot like that and he's confident, I, I don't give a fuck if he's won three in a row. I'll, I'll keep save rostering. that.
1: Cause we're going to go yeah. there. That's a great yeah. conversation. Yeah. Piece yeah. We get to the tears. Let, let's talk about me uh, I said it, you know, I'm the the normal joke that the M stands for, but you know, the meltdown is the conversation piece, uh, the the Molinari factor, like, will this is this guy done now because of that, the way it shook out. I argued today, Kenny. I didn't ma- argue. I just I made the point that I actually thought this was way worse then the Molinari situation, like Molinari had already won a major champion. He already had a bunch of wins. He broke down earlier in the round. Yes. He did take a, he has not fully recovered from it yet by the looks of it. We don't even know if that's what it is. The point was he already had more going for him. And the, the list of guys, I called them certified killers that were chasing down Molinari at Augusta national golf course, which is a lot of pressure already with a green jacket on the line, just the, the monumental event of the year. And it's just, to me, it was totally different. This was like, hit one good shot, hit one good approach, one good tee shot, one good approach, and you probably win this thing going out. Worst case, you're in a playoff with Willie Z and Justin Thomas. Not an ideal spot to be, but if you tell me, if you tell Mito at the start of the week, you're going to have a one and three shot at the end in an aggregate playoff with Justin Thomas and Willie Z, will you take it? He would, but he, he just had to get the tee shot down. And a lot of people are arguing like, oh, the driver, this, that, and the other. But first off on the Molinari piece, like the kid's 27, won three times on the corn Ferry tour has shown up in plenty of PGA tour events. Is he done already? People ready to write him off. It sounds crazy. To ask he, here's, here's He's done. And I, then go to the, I, the other side.
0: The one thing I don't like about it is, you know, it, when he was one of the best players in South America, he quit the game for two years. Um, he retired from golf uh, as a teenager. Uh, you know, basically everybody wanted, like, like the Neiman said during his interview, everybody wanted to be meet uh, and, and he gave it up. Um, now, I don't know why he gave it up, but that sort of makes me worry uh, a little bit more. Um, you know, that he's already given the game up once. How much is this really going to affect him mentally? We're going to see it right away. I hope it doesn't at all because him coming out after that, what happened, talking to Amanda, uh, doing that interview, smiling, laughing. I mean, man, he, he gained my respect 100% uh, after that. I want him to succeed now, but you know, it's really tough to come back from something like this. I mean, he had it in his grasp. Um, I I hope he's young enough that he can get through it and get past it. But I don't know. You never know with the, with these, you saw him all all right after that. He hasn't been the same. I don't think it's going to go that route, but it could. Uh, I, I think this week, hopefully he comes out and, you know, it's over his over his head. It comes out here this week and competes. If he comes out here, makes a cut, finishes top 10, I don't think we have much to worry about. I think it will be fine. Uh, but yeah. we'll have to see about that. The question I had was his caddy on 18. I know that he had been hitting that, that sort of chicken wing cut, like low stinger drive throughout the whole week. He'd been doing it pretty successfully uh, all week. But the thing is, like on that hole, if he misses a little with that shot, What's going to happen is it's going to roll in the water, like he just said. I mean, you just club down one three. When you're going to be back, uh, you 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 could still get the water, but you would really have to balloon one, you know, to the right to to, to hit it into the water. If you club down one, and you, what's it going to give you? An extra twenty yards, you know. Uh, so I, you know, I, and all you need is a bogey for a playoff a par. I, I I just thought he didn't think it through, and it looked like he didn't think it through at all. Because like right when, I mean, he just grab this club and teed off there was like no hesitation no thinking usually that's a good thing but i figured on that type of hole you want to talk about it, think about it a little bit i don't know um, I, I i don't think that was the right decision but you know hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 he had been hitting it well all day he just just didn't need it at that point in time you know just just yeah. hit a cut three wood it'll come 30 yards shorter and you don't have to worry about that now if he ballooned it You know, with a balloon slice and it goes even farther right. Yes, he could still hit the water, but he'd have to really miss hit it, Uh, you know, and he didn't miss hit that stinger by that much. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough for him.
1: Yeah, from a club selection, I think the the numbers and everything showed out. But like you said, I think that's where it becomes a little bit subjective because people want to look at it like automatic. It's it's results oriented if you say you should have switched clubs because it did go in the water. But at the same time, you think about that. Like we just talked about the bones factor, the Ted Scott factor. Like what? Maybe it was used the same club, but get your guy to take a deep breath, talk through what option A, B, and C is. Right, quick. You're the last group. It's a big decision. You can take a few extra seconds there to say, "Look, if you drop down a club here, Mito, and maybe they didn't. We just don't see it. But maybe I, they I didn't, didn't. See it. Maybe, maybe, I didn't. Maybe he tried. It. Maybe he if tried. you club down maybe, here, you're gonna be twenty to thirty short." You are bringing bogey into play. So the risk versus reward. So that's where I say go stick with the driver, but take a deep breath, get a good practice swing in, hit your shot that you've been hitting all week. And again, he still has to execute it. The same result could have happened. My point is more like you said, it did look a little bit rushed. That would be the only I thought he was
0: rushing towards the end, especially the back nine. I mean, if you look at it, I think he only had four of 10 up and downs uh, for uh, yesterday. He only was good on four of 10 up and downs, but the four were like the first four he had. Right. You know what I'm saying? And after that, he just couldn't get it up and down again. And I, I think a lot of that had to do with nerves, which is expected. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the guys, 27 years old, never been in this type of situations, never won before on the PGA tour. The nerves are expected. So, I mean, and, and he it, said
1: that after the round, yeah. not to cut you off, but he did say, look, I, he said and that he was, one inch, he was one inch from having
0: a two shot lead going into that final hole. Yeah.
1: He said, I had a lot of nerves today. JT talked when he won about how he had these similar nerves going into it. So he knew it was a possibility, but look, he came out, like you said, smiling. He did the interview. He seemed to be in great spirits for what had just happened. Maybe he lets it out a different way later, but like even Willie Z in his interview, he was still choked up tears again. I mean, obviously he's, a guy that's just lost in another playoff now, and he just wants to get that monkey off his back and can't. But I mean, at least they both did the interview. Rory didn't do an interview, for example. And on top of that, Mito, like you said, the way he or talked, Tiger about didn't it.
0: either. Oh, Tiger after didn't a come, of days, come so, back yeah. Sunday.
1: But mm-hmm. uh, e- either way, the point would be too. Like you said, the nerves. If you got, I mean, if you're gonna shit your pants. And you gotta find a washroom, you start running. He was already starting to shit his pants down the stretch. So maybe yeah. that's why he hit the drive so quickly. It's like I yeah. just gotta get through this hole and win this mm. thing or lose and it. Whatever happens, yeah. happens. And in the end, he lost it. So it's an I'm really interested event. to
0: see how he's going to do this week. Um you might even take a chance
1: on him this week, man. I think you re- I think you react one of two ways, and I, I don't see yeah. any middle result here. I think he either comes out with a vengeance, and that could be Willie Z. We're gonna talk about both of them here shortly, but Either way or the other way is obviously you just completely suck this week and mail it in and we'll see if he ever returns. And then we have to listen to everybody that said he's never going to come back from it. See, I told you the very next week he didn't play well. I mean,
0: what this reminded me of basically, I mean, it's not like Norman six-stroke lead. I mean, that's it wasn't like that. It wasn't like Vanderbilt who was up by like three or four going into the last hole uh, for that happening. It's more like DJ, like three-putting Chambers Bay. It, It sort of reminded me of Brandon Grace hitting at OB on 17. Uh, the year Brooks won it when he was a stroke back. Uh, you know, so that's what it
1: reminds me of. It's So and hard think... to quantify because it's like yeah. DJ, he's not a DJ. You know, mind you, people, you know, compare him and, and compare Cameron Young to sort of a look like DJ, but uh, they, they don't have. It's probably like a Brandon Grace. It was close you know to that. Saying? The only difference is he wasn't, again, like, that, even though he hole. was back one, it's like what you needed to do was this and you didn't do it. Yeah.
0: I don't know like and the drive saying, cost him just like grace uh did when he hit it ob put into the train uh, yeah. station or whatever yeah. there so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i think that's what it's similar for and grace has come back he's won a couple of times since then yeah uh, so ho- so hopefully hopefully that happens to meet him uh, i definitely uh, that, think
1: he wins i don't know yeah. if it'll be a major mind you this yeah. might have been mm-hmm. a, a you know it's a really good chance at a major but it's also early in his major career so yeah. we'll, we'll see a lot out of him moving forward Let, let's move on okay uh let's go over to listen lee Tampa, why don't you go ahead Yeah. We got uh, chef Burns back to back. Uh, Sorry, not back to back. Second time winner. I should say he'd love back to back. Maybe he goes back to back this week for a third win, but chef Burns ran it out. Kenny, he had Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele and Willie Z up top. And then down low, Cameron Young, Davis Riley, and Mito Pereira. So a very nice lineup, Uh, different at the top, played some of the guys that were popular in down below. And then, the, you know, Davis Riley was completely off the board at 4%. But I love that. Uh, I said all week, talked about him at 6,800, that he reminded me of like playing Xander before Xander was 9K at these majors. You play a guy at 6,800 just take the risk. And he didn't completely crush like Mito did or, or Cam Young did, but at 6,800, he still put up 65 and a half DraftKings points. So overall, Chef Burns put up 482 to take down the Lister League. What are your thoughts on the lineup?
0: Yeah, I mean, really solid. I mean, having the, uh, the JT, Willie Z, Cam Young, Pereira, I mean, that's great. I had multiple Willie Z, Cam Young, Pereira lineups, but they were all with Rory. So, yeah, that sucked. Uh, wait, Rory, so so, the, so that one hurt a little bit. But, yeah, great lineup. I mean, Riley was great. He was someone that I liked. The guy's just been playing really good golf, I mean, for a while. I mean, I uh, he, he's just been playing excellent. And the rest, I mean, pretty chalky. Right, I mean Willie yeah. Z. You, you needed know. the chalk this week. Yeah. I saw the Z, stat today. Z, yeah. I
1: think it was um, what I want to say. Five of the top eight guys were were like super chalk or whatever, or top scorers. It was just a big number overall of the chalk that came through. But that happens sometimes, and you got to you know use a guy like Riley or Chris Kirk or someone like that to get a little bit off the board. Harmon, Harmon and Kirk were examples of, and even Riley against Norin who got really popular as the week went on. I regret it some myself. I definitely use some, some Alex, Alexander Noren. But uh, yeah, overall a solid lineup, different at the top with JT and, and Xander. And Xander, T13, very quietly, not, not special, but T13, it wasn't like he was completely out of it. You need those grinders over the weekend at these tougher tournaments, like we knew this one would play. So he's already in the Tournament of Champions, Chef Burns, that is, for another win. Uh, we'll see him in the three-man for this week. And congrats, hopefully you had the lineup in other places because definitely scored well for the week.
0: All right, it sounds good. Congrats oh, oh last bro. thing,
1: last thing. No, I don't think uh, we'll have a listener league this week. I'll announce that now, just so people catch on. If we do, I'll put it out. It'll be great. If we don't, hopefully back for next week. Trying to get an inside track on that. The uh, the gentleman that used to do it for us, so he's no longer there. But we will let we'll get back to you guys on it as soon as we have it. We've got a contest coming before we get into the tiers. All
0: right, uh, sounds good. Let's talk about uh, the course. Yeah, for this week, the PGA championship, uh, the, uh, the uh, PGA goes back to Texas this week for the uh, Charles Schwab challenge This is going to be an invitational type tournament with around 120 golfers. So you're looking at only about 55 golfers being cut with the top 65 and in ties um, instead of, you know, the normal 80 or so 80 to 90 you would see um, in a normal event. Uh, the course seems to favor experienced golfers. I mean, since 2001, uh, the winners of the event have averaged around seven appearances at Colonial before their victory. Only eight golfers uh, in 70 years have gotten their maiden victory here. Uh, So five years ago, Spieth was the youngest winner at Colonial since 2001, uh, the year before Chris Kirk uh, won Uh, He had just turned 30, and then Berger was like 27 uh, when he won a couple of years ago. Uh, The youth movement has taken over the winner's circle here, what, three of the last seven years. But every other golfer uh, that has won here between 2002 and 2021 was above 31 years old. So the old guys, definitely live. Uh, this week on this type of course. Weather always big factor in Texas, of course. Uh the winning score years fluctuated between minus nine and minus twenty-one uh the last decade. Uh the biggest reason, of course, is going to be Mother Nature. Uh, taking a glance at the forecast, it looks like it's going to be comfortable temperature wise uh, for the first two rounds with a little bit of wind, nothing crazy. Uh, but then you get to the weekend, it's going to be very, very hot and with gusts 40 miles per hour or plus uh, is what I'm seeing for Saturday and Sunday. So you know uh a little bit, of, and you take into account uh, thunderstorms in the forecast Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, I expect the uh, the first two rounds to play a lot easier uh, than the weekend rounds. If the wind forecast is correct, you know, I'd also expect the winning score to maybe just be, you know, double digits on their par, low double digits on their par, especially if that wind kicks up to 40 plus uh, on the weekend. If it's not that windy, it'll be a little bit more easier to score. So it's definitely weather based when it comes down to it. Uh, so, Colonial Country Club, 7,200 yard, par 70, very similar to what the, uh, you know, par 70 with four par threes, only two par fives. The par five first hole, reachable in two by most golfers. Uh, and if the fairways are playing firm, the par five 11th could be reachable by longer hitters uh, as golfers will need to take advantage of a rollout. Now, I don't know how much rollout they're going to get with the, the rain they have on um, Wednesday and Thursday, but as the week progresses, you'll see more rollout uh, by the weekend. Uh, There aren't too many Eagles at Colonial, but these two par fives are still the easiest holes on the course on the course. Now, overall though, these two par fives are some of the hardest on tour. Uh, So I would focus my attention more on par four scoring instead of par five scoring this week. Uh, Off the tee golfers are going to see tight, tree-lined fairways with bunkers in play on most tee shots and water a factor on a few holes um usually the Bermuda rough isn't too high but it is uh wiry and has a penchant for grabbing golf balls and sinking them to the bottom of the grass um you know in other words the majority of golf balls hitting the rough won't be you know fluffed up or anything like we've seen in some of the courses we've this past year uh bad lies in the rough here basically the norm Um, now, it is possi- now, there is a possibility that the rough could be a little bit higher and thicker than we have seen in the past due to rain on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so, you know, pay attention to the golf channel. We'll see how thick the rough is. Uh, if the rough is flush and tall than normal, you know, give accurate drivers of the golf ball a bit of a bump up. Uh, you know, and we'll, we'll see that as the week goes on. Um, this is definitely a thinking man's course, you know, it favors more precision than length. There are many dog legs making it much harder to just bomb drives out there. Golfers are going to need to hit, you know, certain spots to have clear approaches to the green. This leads to many leaving their driver in the bag on a lot of tee shots, though uh, golfers like John Rahm and others have gone against this trend the last few years. And they've hit a lot more driver, um, you know, and Rahm, you know, pretty solid finishes here in 2017, 2018 hitting a lot of driver now with the course possibly being soft the first couple of rounds and younger golfers being a bit more aggressive off the tee overall in general it's possible we see more drivers than what we've seen here in the past um, but for, for the majority of the people playing it's going to be a less than driver course uh now on approach shots golfers will see small greens with a bit of undulation bunkers are very prevalent around the greens and they're normally set up uh, in front of the potting surface, these bunkers are going to catch slightly missing approaches, and we'll see a lot of work on holes where there is a headwind. Uh, the green juice bent grass should be fairly quick with the stint meter reading around 12, but the stint could be dropped a bit during the weekend at the, if we're going to see 40, 50 mile per hour winds. Uh, with the rain and the forecast every day leading up to the event, to, uh, Tuesday winds, we might see greens being receptive in the early early rounds, so they should firm up. Over the weekend, also with high temps during the weekend, the greens could be watered, making them soft and receptive during the weekend as well. We'll see. I mean, they, they tend to water greens here often because of the heat. So that could keep the greens uh, receptive the whole week. If they don't, the weekend's going to play really, really hard. Uh, of course, of course, well known for the 3 hole stretch the horrible horseshoe 3 to 5 you know hole 3 long par 4 big right to left dogleg um you know bunkers uh, and trees on their tee shots really small green um so you know tough hole par the, the fourth hole is a 250-plus-yard par-3, elevated green, really, really tough. Uh, you know, this is the only par-3 on the course without a hole-in-one in tournament play. Uh, and, you know, and it can be really difficult in headwind. It's 250-plus. I mean, with a headwind, you could be hitting three-wood uh, on that hole if they put it on the back tees. Um, you know, and then, of course, uh, the, the fifth hole always – a, a tough hole as well you know i think in the last what 35 years of this of tournament play uh, these three holes have played eight thousand strokes over par while the other 15 holes have played a combined 800 or so under par uh, so yeah those those three courses those three i mean you're not going to win it in the beginning but you can lose a tournament on those three holes early very very easily um so you know what are you looking for in golfers this table?
1: Yeah, just to drop the plug real quick here on the Mayo Media Network, I think everything you just said, Kenny, lines up to keep a little bit of money behind if you can for showdown this week. There's definitely going to be some opportunities on that. We got the free shows on the Mayo Media Network. So just the way you're talking, like receptive greens in the morning, potential wind advantages, like not for the week, forget all the conversation from last week, we're not going to go there, but just in general, it does seem like it'd be a good opportunity. So I think that's interesting. Always a a factor, like you said, in Texas with the weather and then stats wise, it's pretty straight up. I mean, the, the power fours are just so important, right? There's so many of them. The lengths are shorter. Like that's been a thing in the past always has been definitely a course history course. So we'll look at some of that. We'll talk Jordan Spieth here shortly where that becomes a factor. Uh, And then just going through the rest of it. I mean, T to green in general, bogey avoidance, Uh, the around the green game, a lot of talk about this. I think it makes sense, you know, gets mitigated a little bit because the fact that, you know, it's going to be similar for everyone and tough. So maybe it's easier for a guy like a Hovland or someone like that, that they can find some of those strokes around there. And we talked a little bit about that last week. And I think Kenny uh, jumping ahead here with the ranges and stuff, I got the stats up though. I think uh, Hovland actually gained just slightly around the green, at least uh, later in the round. So round four, it's that like, he, he was in the mix there. So he might've lost overall, but, A lot of missed putts for Hobbled last week. I thought that could be something we'll get there. But other than that, nothing else special, man. Like you said, set it up in the fairway where you want. Uh, Guys are going to do that and then be able to have your approach shot in. Hitting greens is key. Everything's standard stuff. Like, you know, obviously whoever hits fairways and greens, putts well. That's who wins a tournament. But it's a course we know a lot about. I think that's going to be the bigger difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, bogey avoidance. uh, You're going to see a lot of approaches from 150 to 175. Uh, a lot of the par fours are 400, 450. So you can look at those numbers as well. All right, before we get into these tiers, let's go ahead and pay these bills. All
1: right, guys, this one's big. So listen up. From T to green, get in on all the golf action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers who place their first wager on this weekend's golf tournament of $5 or more will receive a free bet equal to the amount you wagered if your first bet loses up to $1,000. That's $1,000. Just because you aren't out on the course doesn't mean you can't have your shot at a big payday. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still drive for show, putt for dough with DraftKings daily fantasy contests. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes this week. How huge? Millions with a capital M huge. It's easy to play. You just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday. So don't miss out on all the action this week at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today use promo code FGD at signup and new customers can place their first bet of $5 or more on the tournament. And if your bet loses, you'll get a risk-free bet back up to $1,000. That's code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook.
0: All right. So let's take a look at these tiers. Let's go in this 10K range. I think we got Hovland all the way up to Mr. Scheffler. Who are you going with this week, brother?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go a couple guys here, at least to start it off. So first off, I just mentioned Hovland earlier. I I think this is where it gets interesting. The big thing for me is obviously that Spieth is going to be incredibly popular. If you look at his course history, uh, it's a home game for him, which everybody knows. And sometimes that affects guys. It does not affect Jordan Spieth here. What might, though, is coming off a week where you did not complete your career, 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 I can't talk, Grand Slam, but your buddy Justin Thomas goes out and gets the job done and wins it for himself. So not the career grand slam, the tournament, of course, the PJ Championship. But I don't think he's that guy. We'd have to wait and see. But I just think there's going to be a lot of ownership. Like I could easily see him 20 to 25% here in this range. And you've got so many other guys. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Kenny. I definitely think it's interesting. To start the day, I liked Scheffler. I liked Morikawa and I liked Hovland. But a couple of things that you brought up, one is with Justin Thomas. I remember if you go back, uh, he's definitely won back-to-back on tour before it was in Hawaii, not the same, but he's had pretty good results after his wins, right? It doesn't always mean a win, but if some of these other guys don't get there around him, uh, I think he's an interesting option, but I do like Morikawa. I do like Hovland. And then will, do you think Willie Z will be super low-owned coming out of that playoff, or do you think people just stick with him and say he's you know motivated, he wants to go and get a win, he's the guy to play here and, and is quote-unquote sneaky until he's not? Well, what are your thoughts on Willie Z?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think the lowest owned guy is going to be Shefflin. Do you agree or no? What do you think? I thought more Kawa. Okay, well, I like Kawa a lot, so I hope that happens. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not an ownership guru. I suck at that shit. I mean, like, I have no idea. Or maybe idea, JT. Right?
1: I mean, I'm like you. We'll figure it out. That's why I love their sites. I'll yeah. so have it at the end of the week. But yeah. uh, J- JT and Kawa, like JT off the win is usually something people don't go to at a high price tag. It's not just JT. People off a win at a high price tag, and you've got scotty who people might forgive off of a miscut bad wave etc you can make a story for it uh jordan Speeth, obviously heavily owned and then mm-hmm. i don't know hovland could be low on people don't like that i don't know where people are going to go here and i don't think it's enough to care besides knowing that Speeth is going to be extremely high owned so make your picks with that in mind yeah i don't think i'm going to let ownership
0: affect my decisions this week up top i'm going to play Justin thomas more and gpp's uh the games just seem to work well for this course again i mean it's, it's basically last week but not on steroids and a couple of hundred yards less. Mm-hmm. You know, basically is what it comes down to. Uh, so, yeah, I I, I think Kyle hopefully is low on. I hope you're right. JT, I got no problem going back to the well on him. But my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Jordan Speed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guy just makes, I mean, of course, history is, I don't know, like top 10 every time he plays here. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, and the thing is, like his ball striking has been so incredibly sick uh, here recently that hopefully his putting you know, has been so horrific that it comes back on a course that he's extremely comfortable on. Uh, That's my thinking on this. I mean, in the last four, three weeks, I mean, he's gained what? Uh, Last week at the Byron, he's gained um, uh, seven strokes ball striking. The week before at the Byron Nelson, he gained uh, uh, 10.1 strokes ball striking at Heritage, uh, which he won. He gained what? 9.1. Strokes, ball striking. I mean, that's his ball striking has just been insane. Uh, and, and, you know, if the putting comes through, I mean, he even lost two and a half strokes at the Heritage putting yeah. and he won. He won. Uh, you know, I mean, so, I mean, you know, get, give me like minus one or better uh, putting, uh, his strokes game putting and then keep doing what he's doing ball striking. He can win, I bet him uh, 12 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get better numbers. Uh, but I went ahead and just use DraftKings. That's my place to go to, It uh, you should, should be your place to go to too, since they sponsor and pay us. Uh, so, you know, so, go ahead on DraftKings Sportsbook. I went ahead and took took the took the twelve to one uh, for Spieth on that. Let's move on to this nine K range. Um, my second cast game cornerstone is going to be Abe. Answer. Uh, really strong finish last week. Uh, Coming into top 10, if you look at his numbers, I think he's gained something like total narrative here, Uh, but he gained like 4.6 strokes with his approaches. If you look at the last couple of times, uh, he's gained four and a half strokes or more uh, and then played the following week. Uh, He's gained 5.2 strokes in the 2021 US Open, just two rounds. He missed a cut, Uh, but he finished fourth at the Travelers, gained 7.5 at Wells Fargo that same year. Uh, finished 8th at the PJ Championship the following week. Um, I know there's more down here. Gained, uh, uh, what, 11.8 strokes with his approaches at the Heritage in 2020. Finished 11th at the Travelers. Gained 4.7 strokes with his approach at the Charles Schwab in 2020. And next time he went out at the Heritage, he came in 2nd. Uh, so he can get hot and stay hot with those irons and does well. He has pretty good course history here. Uh, also so i like abe as my second cash game cornerstone um other guys in this range i like tony i'll play a little tony fena at that price cheap guy makes all his cuts here he's made he, it looks like his game is sort of uh flattened out a, a little bit after being you know on a downward spiral he's made five or six cuts in a row uh i think he has a whole heap of top 25s here uh, the, uh you know going with the course history uh so i, I like tony uh as well who do you like
1: yeah, one guy, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And obviously there could be uh, more WDs as the week goes on. There's already been some. I know Bubba with the torn meniscus, Sepp Straka, a couple guys already you know, bailed on this tournament. And we'll wait and see what happens, right, with everybody else. The field is still pretty strong, though, overall. But I want to see with Sungjae. Right Songjay the only reason he couldn't play last week was based on him uh, I guess he contracted covid covid right tested yeah. positive for covid whatever it might be overseas and he was not able to get over but i mean he's been playing pretty well i think it was uh, 21st at the rbc heritage yeah. he was good at the masters he to me fits this course at 9200 so i think he's good and i think people oftentimes are a little bit worried off a of withdrawal or off of something like that but there's no reason to be worried like he would have been there if he could have just been allowed yeah. to fly out and play so uh, it's not an injury. It's nothing like that. So, you know, you could say he's rusty if you will, but not really, uh, I, I would still be fine with him. I like that. I like your Tony call. I like I the like, in
0: play. I like the in play. I'm going to add him. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Berger who, you, you know, down at the bottom nine K could pick up some steam here, but Berger, uh, looks pretty good to me from a stats perspective. You just think about him at, you know, sort of courses that set up well. And then it's a, we always say this about Berger, same thing, you know, I wanted to say last week was strong last week was a major. It's such a strong field. This is a strong field, but it's not the strongest. Like he could still find his way through this at a 9K price tag. So I think he's kind of interesting as well at the bottom up top. I was debating back and forth, probably at the wait and see, but like Burns, Homa, those are, are two guys as well that you could pivot off of that answer range that actually win, right? They go out and get the job done. Obviously, Abe got his WGC last year, but Burns has what, three wins, Homa three win Like th- these guys are picking up wins now like crazy. So uh, if you want to play some guys based on pure talent and winning upside, I definitely think it's there in the upper 9k range. I will say this, Kenny, the 10k and above is much more appetizing, even though you've got that win equity with those two dudes there with Burns and Homa, obviously Im, those guys that are at the bottom, I still think the upper range is a little bit better. And also uh, we didn't talk about this, but 120, I think 120 man event. This week for, yep. for the challenge, if you yep. will. And I, yep. I think, um, you know, obviously that leans to being able to play a little bit more like a Stars and Scrubs, if you will, or something along those lines. So I don't hate just uh, going away from this 9K range completely in some lineups this week.
0: All right, that sounds good. Let's go to this 8K range. Uh, my final play, and I think he's going to win Tommy Fleetwood. I know he's never won, I know he hasn't won on tour. I know people think people think that he's been having like a poor season or not that great of a year. But in 10 PGA Tour events this year, seven top 25s, top 22s in 10 events uh, on the PGA Tour this year. That's not bad. Okay, you know, three top 10s in 10 events. That's not bad. Uh, The guy's been playing exceptional. Last week, Tita Green gained almost gained almost 13 strokes total last week. Uh, Everything was lined up. I mean, it's like the first time, uh, you know, I guess, you know, he's actually had a couple of times, uh, twice uh, in his last uh, four measured events, he's gained strokes in every single strokes gain category. Uh, I think it's, you know, and then he he shot minus three to jump into the top five. uh, Last week at the PGA Championship, I did like him a lot. Last week, we talked about that. I like him a lot this week. I'll bet him at four to one. Um, and I like Tony. I like Tommy Fleetwood, one of my favorite plays on the board. I know I might be burning money, but he will be one of my highest on golfers uh, in the field, without a doubt. Uh, other than that, uh, I like uh, down below Kevin. Now nah. we'll go Kevin. nah former winner of uh, eighty one hundred dollars. Pretty strong showing top twenty five. And of course, that a lot of people thought he couldn't really contend because it was too long uh, Though we talked about that length of sort of. Dodgy uh, when you actually look at the course, but you know similar type course. Former winner here, Thinking Man's Game, Old Man's Course. Kevin Nah around the greens. If the wind blows, give me Nah. I don't mind him. Uh, those I, I like him a lot uh, at at eighty one hundred. Who do you like?
1: Yeah, before I do my eight K range here, just want to announce the contest. So we talked earlier about it. We hinted that it's a good spot to do it because it's going to be very simple. You're going to go on to the YouTube video. You're going to click the like button, and you're going to put your fade for the tournament that's $8,000 or above. So it'll be a name that everybody knows, that you know, that anybody you're talking about, your fate of the week, you're putting it in the comments on YouTube. We're going to utilize that. And then for some bonus points, some bonus entry points, if you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, you go on there, leave a review, five-star rating, that's going to get you into the draw as well. We are going to give away at least one Maybe two, we'll see how it plays out, but at least $100 millimaker ticket. They dropped the contest today on DraftKings for the U.S. Open just three weeks away. We are gonna give away at least one, if not 100 dollars millimaker tickets for that. And it'll be based on this. We're gonna take the entries out of people that actually commented, supported, went on and left the reviews, things like that for bonus points. So if you guys can do that. This is the spot, $8,000 or above fate of the week. Who's gonna miss the cut? Whatever you wanna put it or call it just someone you think is going to be a horrible play at $8,000 or above. Kenny, I've got this 8K range. So obviously Watson, don't use him. He withdrew today, but he's in there at 8,000. But I like Kevin Na, who you were on there, even him and Kokrak at the bottom. Above that, I like Horschel, uh, Davis Riley. Just, you know, those are two guys I'll always play in this range. And I think, like I said, if you do a a guy up top, skip the 9K range and go into here, that's why I'm going a little heavier. I'm okay with it. Uh, Fleetwood, not as high on him as you. But the Mito situation is interesting because you got to think nobody plays Mito, right? We we talked about it, you know. Maybe not a, a bad club selection on eighteen, maybe just a bad decision, like a, how fast he went with it and everything. We already went through all that. But do you think people will play Mito at all here at eighty six hundred this week? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I
0: single digit own probably would be my guess.
1: Yeah, and so we'll, my thoughts is like that. Like it won't take much to get overweight. Like if he's seven percent you could play 15% and have double the field and be good in that sense and get leveraged that way. So uh, to each their own, if you go stats though, uh, you know, like this is my whole point, Kenny, this is the, the situation. I think through it, you can't just call a guy Molinari. Like we already hit on that. Don't need to beat a dead horse. The point is if he wins the PGA championship and decides to play this week, or let's say it the other way, let's say he's the Brandon grace, just makes a mistake down the stretch. He wasn't supposed, everyone's got in their mind, like he was supposed to win. He wasn't. He had to close and go get the job done. He didn't. And that's golf. It happens. But my point is more of if it didn't end the way it did, if he won, obviously, then people don't usually play a winner the week after. But if he was just in the mix, like a nice finish on Sunday, top three, a lot of people would be in on Mito on this course with these stats, with this setup in this spot the minute he blew it the way he did, he's like the worst play of the week. And I just don't know if that's true. He did the interview. He was smiling. He was laughing. Maybe he's okay with it. Maybe he comes back with a vengeance, like I said, and goes out and has himself a pretty good week. So I'll definitely pay to find out at 8,600 with Mito. Uh, Not my favorite play in the range, but definitely think he's interesting. I like Na, Kokrak, Horschel a bit more, even Davis Riley, but he's in that mix of those five guys for me.
0: All right, that sounds good. Let's get to the 7K range. Uh, My favorite, one of my favorite GPP plays up top, it's gonna be Gary Woodland. I bet him in 50 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's been sort of boom and bust, but it's been pretty good. I mean, if you look at his last 10 finishes on tour, um, you got miscut, fifth, fifth, miscut, 21st, 8th, miscut, 24th, miscut, 34th. So you're getting a lot of boom bust, top 25, miscut. and uh, at this price, that's okay. I mean, give me give me, and he has pretty good course history here uh, with a couple of top finishes here in the last couple of years. Uh, again, less than driver course is what we what we like. Gary in, and then I got my two cash game cornerstones um, up top. First, it's going to be Sebastian Munoz. What's he at? 7,700. Uh, 7, 7, uh, you know, you look at him in Texas. Um, in Texas, he's been, had a tenth at Trinity Forest. Uh, he was ninth at TPC San Antonio, third at Colonial last year, third at Craig Ranch a couple of weeks ago. The guy just loves Texas. He makes a lot of cuts. Uh, you know, so I'll go back on that Texas narrative for him. Uh for that one. And I like Brian Harman, who just makes every single cut at this event that he's ever played. Uh, he's been making mad cuts uh, on tour. That's what I'm looking for. Really, really good. Um, you know, when it comes down to hold on, let me look here. I got everything right. Really good on the um on the uh, hold on, where are we at Still trying still have some vision issues. There we go. Uh, good on those shorter par fours, four four hundred and fifty, good on par fours in general. Uh, you know, bogey avoidance, everything's there. So, so give me a little bit of Harmon. Uh, so my four cash game cornerstones this week, they're going to be Jordan Spieth at 10-4. Um, Abe Answer, at, I think it was 9-4, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 3 9-3. 9-3. Munoz at uh, 77. And Harmon at 78. So that's going to leave you, I think, 14-8 uh, to finish out the rest of your lineup. Uh this week. Uh, uh, one other guy I like here up top, probably gonna be I'll play a little bazidenhoot. Uh strong short game, strong from 150 to foot 175, really good on the par four stats that I'm looking for. I'll play a little bazidenhoot. Who do you like up top?
1: Yeah, one of the things I'll say right quick, because I like a lot of these guys, but I think so does everybody else. At least, you know, it'll get spaced out, but I just want to use this example because it's so fresh in everyone's mind. I know it stings for some, myself included, Alex Norin last week. Uh, like a guy like Chris Kirk is 7900. He looks very good in the betting markets. He looks very good in top 20. He looks great on Fantasy National on the stats. And, and I should have said that earlier. If you guys don't know, this show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. We had the offer earlier, way late on this one today because we got too excited off the top. But also, our friends at fantasynational.com, slash FGD, get yourself 20% off the first month. But Kenny, this guy looks so good in everything you look at, Chris Kirk. And I know you like Woodland and Harmon, and, and these could end up being great GPP pivots. I also think sometimes it's just good to overlook the range and build a little bit differently. But uh, Kirk stands out, HV3 stands out, Harmon stands out. I actually like your Munoz call, and then the other guys a little bit further down for me: Tom Hoagie and CT Pan. Their stats all still roll out quite nicely. So look, not all these guys. I mean, if be there's open. a
0: if there's a heritage comp, I mean CT Pan, right? I mean that, that works for me too. Yeah, Hoagie's if nice. There is as a heritage
1: well. comp. I mean, there's a few more guys because uh, HV3 even just came third there. He was yeah. in the mix, if you remember. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's definitely something you can roll with there. I just think in general, uh, Stewie Sink later when we get to it as well. But a lot of guys that would make sense. I, we talked a little bit about that today. I was on the Mayo Show with him doing his before he goes away for the week. There's going to be no Wednesday live show chat. But, uh, you know, it's not the same. But when you think about sort of the idea, at least from a mental aspect of what you need to do there, it's, it's tree Like Like you got to set yourself up proper off the tee, find the shot in that you want smaller greens, a little, little bit of a comparison there. But I think, you know, just in general to think like that uh, makes sense to me. And then there's guys that have actually played well there recently that are also in this field, but HV three, just going back to him, CT pan, even these guys have been playing good golf anyway. So I don't have any problem going to them. I think Mav McNeely, Gets a little bit of love here, of course, and rightfully so at just 7,500. What are your thoughts, 7,400 down to 7K? Ricky Fowler leads us off. Uh, Finally had a a decent showing. I know he chipped in like three times, but at a major last week, that was a good result for Ricky and and a solid Sunday, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I like J.J.'s spot at 71. Uh, You know, when it comes to the model, he's above average. in basically everything. Uh, You know, has that win already. Confidence is up. I like J.J. at 7,100. Stuart sink makes sense. Um, I could see him with the RBC heritage. Uh, He's been playing pretty good. I know he's only made like eight or 15 cuts this year, but I think he's made something like four or five in a row. Uh, So the game sort of been coming together here recently. Uh, Lucas Herbert, 130 to one and $7,100 who was in contention last week, uh, you know, for the majority of the event until probably Sunday. Um, I could go on that, you know, see if he could bring that momentum uh, through this week with low ownership and 130 to one. I got no problem with that. Um, the, the one guy, what are you going to do with Grio? I know his course history here is amazing, uh, you know, but he's playing so bad. Do you, do you, any, any,
1: any interest? Not for me, no. Yeah, uh, like I said, no. I think that one thing is like the course history is one factor and he's just like doing okay, but I think there's just way too many other guys in this range yeah. to even need to consider. You can find good plays that we just talked about that will have depressed ownership. I also, I had this thought, t- tell me here, this is a good spot to bring this one up. I'll get your take, but almost like a major hangover. I know this is a strong field. I know this is a good course that people know in a tournament, but the the sentiment that I'm feeling out there already early on a Monday, Kenny, is that like people are a little, like that was a lot, right? We just had this big major. A lot of people had sweats if they played the AM, PM, things like that. And and a lot of the sites out there um, that promote content had people have big wins or have situational stuff where people were in the mix for a big sweat. So I do feel like there is a potential this week for people to sort of just play the same guys that everybody says so I think there's going to be good plays that we've talked about and liked that may end up coming in under owned just because the people listening are like oh, I'm just going to use the guys he said that he liked the most and we end up with a lot more congested ownership versus last week as all majors we have softer pricing everyone wants to play their guy and then you end up with the ownership completely spread out yeah
0: I, I like I said when it comes to ownership. I'm relying on my peoples
1: to get me that on
0: Wednesday. Yeah. No, no.
1: Do you think people care less about this event the week after a major? Almost. Well, you're like- you're going to have less casuals. The thing is, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like nowadays I don't
0: put anything past the people that play PGA DFS. Everyone's really sharp. <laughs> nowadays, there's not that many fish. I, I, I think there's less fish in golf than any other. I don't know. You play a lot, all the sports. What do you think? when it comes down to it.
1: I mean, like, I try and make it like less that than more situational. I, I think, I think like you said, less casuals this week because there's not a million bucks up top for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking that I think the, the quote unquote sharp players that you're mentioning, I, I think people take it as like a a lesser, like a, a week they don't pay attention to as much. They don't want to go through all the content again. There was content overload last week, things like that too. So a lot of people just start plugging in the same names that I think we'll see very congested ownership, which I always look at as an edge. So uh, we'll yeah. wait and see how it plays out, though. Like you said, we'll talk at the end of the show where you can find us, find those ownership projections. But uh, who, who else do you like? Anybody else in this bottom 7,400 and below besides the guys you mentioned? I mean, th- those
0: are those are my favorites down there. Those are the ones that I'm, I'm looking at the most probably. I, I know oh, Steve Bamford's big on Trey Merritt, so, I mean, listen to Steve. Uh, <laughs> he, I think he put a bet on him, so uh, I'll probably play him just based on what Bamford said. But other than that, it's mostly the ones that I, that I talked about.
1: Okay. I, I like Merritt with him. I know DraftKings has him at 50. Uh, you can find him out there at hundred. So like just in general, I think Merritt's an interesting play at 7,300 uh, Neesmith though, at the same price, especially if Merritt gets popular based on uh, aforementioned like the, the betting stuff Neesmith is already a good play that I like. It's a heritage comp. If you want to go back there again, but we talk about Neesmith, find a fairway, find a green, got it, got to find the putter. But I mean, he's definitely capable. And I like him for that anyway. And then I go and look at today's U S open qualifier, top 13, get a spot guy posted a 62 at this event. It'll get talked about as the week goes on. Maybe he ends up a little more popular. I'm just saying if they all get to 12%, to me, I don't care. You're able to get leverage on whoever you want. I like a guy that can do that. And I already liked him for the course here. It seems like his game is informed It's one day, one event, but it feels good to get that weight off your back and maybe plays a little bit freely going into this week. So I think he's interesting. Kevin Kisner, uh, always at these types of courses, take the risk at that price. I got no problem with it. KH Lee. Uh, I think that's still a fine call. Nate, Nate Lashley, JJ spawn. Some of the other guys that you mentioned there that I have interest in other than that, though, Kenny, uh, not too much. Maybe Aaron Rye based on talent, just going back to like the Davis, Rye, Davis rally, by the way, earlier got the price bump to 8,400. Uh Aaron Rye definitely don't think he's a, he's a Davis Riley, but at the same time, I think he's talented. And at 7,200 I think he definitely goes overlooked. So he's a guy down here as well that I'd be interested in.
0: Yeah, I could definitely get behind Kisner. Uh I, I'm down with that. Let's move on to the 6K range. Uh I mean, one guy boomer bust here recently, probably Adam Long, uh at 6,900 I mean, you look at his finishes, 15, 12, 35, miscut, miscut. Uh, you know, 46. So, you know, he's been doing that boomer busting here recently. Uh, I don't mind him uh, at $6,900. I'll also play uh, a little bit of Russell Knox again uh, at 69. It, it seems like his type of course, uh, you know, sort of bunted off, sort of strategic uh, thinking man's type, of course, like a heritage. Um, so I'll go with a little bit of Russell Knox. Even Yeager seems to be playing pretty pretty good golf when yeah. it comes to numbers-wise, at least here recently in the last, you know, couple of months uh i think he might gain some popularity uh when it comes down to just because of his like 12 and 24 months uh, 12 and 24 round splits are so strong compared to uh basically everyone else in the 6k range um i know sabatini has pretty good course history here i like lucas glover uh just spitballing names because the 6k section is always so long uh but yeah i'll go with sabs uh i like glover who's finished well here, had a pretty solid finish last week uh, under the radar finish at the PGA Championship. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, those are the main guys uh, up top. If you want to go low, like I said, this is uh, top, uh, only 120 uh, people playing, and top 65 and ties are still in it. So if you want to go, like, super low, uh, I mean, Brent Stetiker never makes a cut here, but he's playing like ass. Uh, I don't know if I want to make that move, but you could if you're a course history guy out there. Kramer Hancock has had some success here. Uh, he's had what a few weeks ago he was uh, in a final group, uh, almost winning an event uh, at sixty-two hundred dollars. I can get on on board with him. I mean, Adam Shank at the bare minimum. I mean, the guy's talented. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, and if, at six K you could do worse. Uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, like uh, I brought up Shank today too. I thought that was interesting. Just at even six thousand, I don't like think again you're taking a punt for sure. Uh, who was the guy you mentioned before that? I actually liked what you said. Oh, Hickok, right? Yep. Yep. Hickok 62. Yeah. I just want to huh. see something real quick because I actually like that play as well. I just want to mark huh. him before I forget. Cause I forgot. Cause Andrew Putnam is there as well. Treated us pretty well in the past, but I do like the Hickok call for sure. A couple other guys I like. So going back to the top, I li- I'm with you on Knox. I think that's a good play here. I think long, long feels like he'll pick up a little bit of steam just because in on fantasy nationally, definitely rates out well. And I think that was the first guy that me and Mayo talked about where I was like, oh, he could be sneaky. He's like, no, because I liked him too. He making fun of himself. But I, I do think that's always something to think about. McCarthy and Gim, Poston, those three sort of stand out to me as probably actual talents that are fair at their price. The ones that I want to take a risk on here, I got, to think, three of them. First off, Alex Smalley, Corn Fairy Tour graduate, has had some good events throughout the season, definitely could pop at a course like this. Uh, Sahith tagala we think the opposite doesn't really feel like the course for him. But listen, when we go back to the RBC heritage, not him, but uh, Cam Davis and Cam Young, remember they were cruising along at the RBC heritage. People were like, there was no way they would show up here. The talent these days is just different. And I think that the same of the gala at that price tag, 6,500, I'm just going to play him. And then the last two for me, Kenny, uh, Mark Hubbard at 6,400, extremely boom bust. I'll take the shot. And then Nick Taylor, the guy I think will pick up a little steam here and I like him. Uh, for sure is Austin Smotherman, but what, he's the last guy I was going to say for you. What, what do you think about Smotherman at 6,300? That seems really cheap for a guy striking the ball as well as he does.
0: Yeah, I mean, his iron game is really, really strong. Uh, you know, Tita Green, he's very, very good. Probably one of the best, uh, you know, in the 6K range. So, yeah, I got no problem with Smotherman at 6,300.
1: And, and last one, I'll give you one more. Kittyama, 6,400. Okay. You You like him?
0: I haven't really looked too deep into them, so I I, I can't give you an answer yet. Uh, okay, we'll, uh, we'll start them up for now,
1: but uh, yeah, yep. I just want to see. Okay. All right, so anybody else? I don't think so, man. I think uh, for now, that's good anyway. Like You named a bunch, but uh, definitely gave you the ones that were higher on as of right now. So mix and match, keep, on, keep an eye on stuff as the week goes on. But I, I do like a lot of the guys that we talked about there quite a bit as of now. All right, that sounds good.
0: Uh betting card. Uh, I'll go ahead first. I got
1: Spieth, 12 to 1.
0: Fleetwood 40 to one answer 40 to one Woodland 50 to one Herbert 130 to one I'll probably add a couple more bombs out there as the week progresses
1: yeah mine is always the same it's a card that I loved going into the day and then as I start hearing things and seeing things and looking things up it looks like they're they're going to be very popular all of them but answer and burger both at 35 Really like Burker Like I so said, I just think sometimes in these events, he can just pop through. Obviously a former champion, but just in general, I think it's like a spot that you'd want to play him. And the field is stronger, but it's not super strong. It's not a major. So I'm not as worried about that. Uh, Kirk at 55, Troy Merritt at 100, and then Neesmith at 125 and Smotherman at 175. All guys that we talked about, that's my six, but uh, I think that's good for here. And then one and done, you talked about it earlier. I'll let you go last. I got crushed. Last week, I saved up Mr. Scotty Scheffler. I didn't play him a bunch in Daily Fantasy, so I thought maybe it's a good spot to pull him just in case. I thought for sure he'd at least battle through the wind, weather, etc. Did not. Absolutely crushed me. It sucks to waste Scotty after all the wins he's got this season. Uh, For this week, I'm interested, though. I'm sticking with Berger. I I talked about him in the betting card. I'll go back to him, and I'll go with him here as well and use him in one-and-done also.
0: Yeah, I like... um... Hold on. I'm going to go Fleetwood or answer. That's where I'm going this week. Uh, I got two, two, one and done teams. I am in 37th place uh, in the uh, carbon contest. One and done the funny thing is listen to all the people that missed the cuts. So I'm four. So I have six golfers that have missed the cut uh, that I've played in, in this league in the carbon contest. And I'm still 37th. Will Zalatoris MC at the Byron Nelson, Russell Henley MC at the heritage. Uh, Colin Morikawa, MC at the players, Dustin Johnson, MC at Genesis, Sung MC at the Honda. I got all these studs missing the cut, uh, you know, and I'm still in 37th place in that league. So I, I'll probably go um,
1: answer in that one and
0: maybe Fleetwood in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Mayo cup one. So two two things
1: me. quick on one and done, just a testament to one and done how you're never out of it because the players, and we talked about this in our season preview show of this, which a lot of things have been going well with that show, surprisingly, because I had to go back last week and listen to it before the major. It's been actually pretty solid so far, the takes that we had on there. But the other factor is like you, the players we talked about, on there how valuable that would be with such a big top prize. Imagine if Cowell won that, where you'd be sitting right now. Oh, yeah, like, I'd be, yeah, you got a missed cut in the highest, you know, highest prize pool of the year, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and then secondly, guys. Won't have the one and done segment anymore going forward. You know, once Kenny gets up there in any of these tournaments, he just can't give you his pick anymore. I I ain't telling y'all shit. (laughs) He's going on to win the thing. So all right, all right, Kenny. Let the people know where they can find you for the week. All right, you can find
0: me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find me on gupscorner.com. I know two of uh, I know Brian Rizzo won the 20, one won the smaller Millie Maker. Uh he is a member. And then the other guy that won the big Millie Maker, like the the big Big pay in Millie Maker. He's actually a member of Gupps Corner and Run Pure Sports. So so pretty nice. So check out Gups My article will be out here shortly. Uh, on Wednesday. I know the Millie Maker guy, he he had Neiman, one of my one of my favorite plays, and Fleetwood uh, in that Millie Maker lineup. Uh, a couple of guys, two of the guys I was really highest on last week. So, you know, make sure you go check out gups My article of course previews out now. Uh, Wednesday, I'll add my final betting card. Uh, any adjustments to the cash game cornerstones and uh my favorite gpp play in each price range uh which is where he got neiman and fleetwood from uh so yeah check it out uh, we, we the cups corner's been doing really well lots of big time winners couple of milli guys so go go check out cups corner. use promo code kenny save yourself 30 percent on the membership
1: And you can find me on runpuresports.com. You mentioned it. We've got promo code DGEN50, five zero. Get yourself 50% off the first month. It's all sports, one price. You'll also get the Wednesday show with myself and Big T, Uncle T, where we actually go through and break down exposures, roster construction, all the stuff that I think people have a hard time with week to week. So definitely check that out. All the other sports, baseball, NBA playoffs, UFC, as it happens, it plays out. And of course, you do the one month right now, you get past the next major. You get the Memorial, the, the RBC Canadian Open, the U.S. Open, all that stuff that's going on. And then on Twitter, at ToeTag and Tambo, you guys know what it is there. Going to put out Tambo's tidbits every Wednesday morning, early as I can, get them out there. Top 15 items of the week that I've seen across the free content in the same space that we're in that I like, that I think will be helpful for your lineups, for your bets. Uh, you can take all that information, figure it out, put it together, however you like but definitely think that's been helpful for some. All I ask, if you do me a favor, if you don't follow me already, follow me on there, retweet it to others so they can get the information. It really helps me along the road, but that's all for this week, Kenny. That was a great one.
0: All right. That sounds good. Uh, you know, it's colonial, still a pretty good field should be a fun event. You know, money's always money. So let's win it. Motherfucking. I fucked that whole shit up again. I don't care. Let's win some motherfucking money. T.J. Nation.